The music starts and Dan Vonderhaar says, uh-oh. And I say, oh yeah, it's time for Roadmap to Heaven. You know, I hope you listening out there don't hear that music and say, uh-oh. I hope you say, oh yeah, Roadmap to Heaven. Yeah. Either, either way, let, let's pray here. Let's begin the morning in prayer before we get ourselves into too much trouble. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God, Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, pray, pray for, for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray, pray for, for us. us. All right. Um, so here's the deal today. we got a lot to get to on the show. Um, we've got the Roadmap Roundup today. Today is the I Heart Catholic edition. You know, I, I love <laughs> being Catholic, and uh, so do you. Um, well, at least we're going to presume you do, or you wouldn't be listening to Catholic Radio at 7 in the morning. Um, but... You know, if or, you're, you don't. Or, you're, or you're curious about loving to yeah. be Catholic. Yeah, yeah. If, if, to learn more. if yeah. you don't love yeah. Catholic, bring it on your Catholic faith. Hopefully, by the end of the show, you will. Exactly. Uh, we also are going to wrap up our series with Father Timothy Vaverek today, talking about salvation, and uh, that's going to be a lovely thing to do. At uh, and well, we'll do that later in the show. So that's what's ahead today on the roadmap roundup. We hope to get you pumped up with some. Wonderful music today as well. But before we do all of that or any of that, um, I'm kind of curious because I've got four soccer games to go to this weekend, and I need to know if I'm bringing the, you know, busting out the chili yet. I like to make chili to take on the sideline, but I don't think we're there yet, Dan. No. I think no. this is uh, pack the uh, water bottles and, and still put a little bit of ice in them type day. This is a replay of summer this weekend is what's going to happen. Really? Oh yeah, we're, we're about I, to find out. I don't, I don't believe you. So I'm going to say, let's go to Mike Roberts <laughs> because I believe Mike Roberts. Um, let's go to him for the weather in the saint of the day. Today is the memorial of Saint Pope Cornelius and Saint Cyprian. He was a bishop, and both of these gentlemen were martyrs. The persecution of the early church cost so many lives, but it also tore at the fabric of the church. In the mid-3rd century, during what turned out to be a temporary lull in these persecutions, a vicious debate broke out between some who felt those Christians who had renounced their faith under the penalty of torture and death should not be readmitted, and others who felt that after doing penance, they should be allowed to return. Cornelius was in favor of leniency. He had been elected pope by a college of priests who had been running the church for almost a year and a half after the death of St. Pope Fabian, who was among those murdered for not recanting his faith. Novatian was a priest in Rome who violently disagreed with Cornelius, leading a group of laymen and other priests. He had himself elected anti-pope. Seeking support from other bishops, Cornelius found a friend and an ally in Cyprian of Africa who helped rally support for the real pope. Novatian was condemned, and in 251 a synod was held in Rome restoring all relapsed Christians. However, after only two years, Pope Cornelius was removed during another round of Roman persecutions. He, along with Cyprian, were sent into exile where they died likely from abuse and neglect. Saints Cornelius and Cyprian, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. It's already getting rowdy in here, folks. I'm Adam Wright. It's the 7 o'clock hour on Roadmap to Heaven. You can tell it's Friday in the studio. we got to hunker down and get to business. We've got uh, on the panel today, uh, Guten Morgen, Dan Vanderhaar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's that, good. O- that other guy, that other Gabe guy. Jones. Yep. Hey, I'm back. Us. You are back. Yeah. It's wow. good to have you back. And then uh, new to the panel today, uh, Sam Ashlock is with us. And Sam is no stranger to the two of you, but he is, I, I met you for the first time today, Sam. So. Yeah, it was, it was nice to meet you. Yeah, it's good nice to have to you. Nice to be here. Now, the connection is you were on the Joseph Challenge with Gabe, yep. mm-hmm. and you were driving the chase car, Dan. That's correct. So yeah. you all three know each other. Exactly. And right. Sam well, goes I'm, to my parish. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So I'm just going to step out and get some coffee. You three take it away. No. <laughs> uh, part of the reason we're having the I Love Being Catholic edition is that, Sam, you are a recent convert to the Catholic faith. Yeah, I was baptized April 2nd. Oh, congratulations. Awesome. We're glad to have you. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about that. You know, did you grow up Protestant? Did you grow up no religion? Where did you come from? How did you come to us? Uh, well, it was interesting. So I grew up. Uh, my grandma took me to a Baptist church, and my parents didn't go. So, although she tried, I seemed to me like it wasn't that serious. Uh, if my parents aren't going to go, then, you know, when, once I stopped having to go, I quit going. So, I remember distinctly praying. They were asking for prayer requests one morning in Sunday school, and my parents were going to the casino. And I prayed that they won a lot of money at the casino, and the the Sunday school teacher tried to kind of steer it and said, well, we hope that they come to church. And I thought, like, no, like, that was not my prayer. I hope they win a lot of money. Uh, so, yeah, it wasn't very serious uh, to me. I got a Bible when I, was, when I was young and just never really got into it. I think, you know, for whatever reason, um, just wasn't that interested. And uh, when I became an adult, I had a gentleman that I worked with that— uh, he was a Hebrew roots Christian, so like a Messianic Jew almost. And and he was wearing his tzitzis, and uh, I could see that he believed it, you know, just believed, even willing to look crazy to everybody around him because of his belief. And he told me, hey, you know, I just want to tell you, uh, I was kind of wrapped up in the New Age at this time and told him about it openly. And he said that uh, my Bible says anybody who leads God's sheep away is going to, you know, it's better to wrap a real millstone around your neck. It's better to have never been born. And I thought to myself, well, I better check that out before I continue. And that uh, really opened me up to the gospel, opened me up to Jesus and, you know, didn't really have a place that I could go or that I felt comfortable like diving into, um, but knew that that the Bible was true and that if I track down the truth, you know, God is faithful. And if, if I just kept my eye on what is true, no matter what I thought, no matter what people told me, um, that eventually I would come to a place, you know, like the Catholic church, a place where I can rest. So I, uh, for a long time just knew that God didn't leave me an orphan, but felt like one. And, and here we are. So I, I love the Catholic Church. Well, good. We're glad to have you. Great, praise God. That's yeah. awesome. 
Yeah. You, I, should, I, you should get like a thunderous applause that you can yeah. play when we oh, have yeah. a new. Oh, we have that? I, I have the. Yeah. Uh, there we go. There we go. There we go. We got that game. Okay, we got good, that good, covered. Good. For, for, yeah, for our, our convert friends that come on the radio. Yeah, yeah I mean, celebrate that. I, so Sam, you've got me thinking about uh, my story because, I mean, my coming into the Catholic Church was my parents took me to Most Sacred Heart in Eureka where Father Ted Shellick, OFM, uh, baptized me and I became Catholic. And, you know, same thing. My parents took me to uh, Mass most of the time, but it was my grandma who often, you know, on snow days, we go to her house in the morning. She lived right by church. So we still went to Mass mm-hmm. because you could walk through the snow. But it was always great because we got to breakfast and get a little fast food breakfast because the fast food breakfast place was also right by your house in the church. So you're like, I don't mind walking through the snow for that sausage and egg biscuit. And if I have to go to Mass first, okay, great. But somewhere along the lines, I, it was junior year theology with uh, Deacon Jerry Quinn at St. Louis U High. We were studying a catechism. And I remember as we studied the catechism, they basically said, all right, this is what the church teaches. Do you believe it or not? And at the same time, we had also been looking at the Gospel of Mark. And for whatever reason, it stuck with me. You know, Mark's the shortest of the Gospels, so any student's favorite. Like, oh, if I have to read a Gospel, well, I guess I'll read Mark. It's the shortest, right? I'm, I'm lazy. But at the center of Mark's Gospel, almost the, the dead center is chapter 8, verse 29. Who do you say that I am? You know, first that question, who do people say that I am? But then who do you say that I am? And Deacon Quinn told us, you know, we have to wrestle with that. that that's a question we have to ask ourselves. And praise God for uh, Deacon Quinn, for my grandma, uh, and, and for being forced to confront that question. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about today is uh, Peter's good old comment in John chapter 6, ad quem ibimus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You know, because sometimes, as much as we love being Catholic, if we're honest, being Catholic, being holy— can be hard. So that's something we're going to talk about all that and more. But let's take a break here this morning. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup. We'll be back after this. Lord Jesus Christ, shepherd of souls, who called the apostles to be fishers of men, raise up new apostles in your holy church. Teach them that to serve you is to reign, to possess you is to possess all things. Kindle in the hearts of our people the fire of zeal for souls, Make them eager to spread your kingdom upon earth. Grant them courage to follow you who are the way, the truth, and the life, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so Gabe Jones, uh, before the break here, we were mentioning Mark chapter 8, verse 29, who do you say that I am? And then also uh, John chapter 6, right around verse 66, the bread of life discourse there were many who found this teaching hard, and they returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. And Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to leave? And Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And that's where I want to start today. I mean, recognizing that is probably the game changer, because as we're going to talk about later, sometimes we we have those consolations. We feel like, oh, I am so excited about the fact that the church teaches this. Other times, maybe not, but we still say, well, to who else shall we go? I mean, do we really want to put our stock in Dan Vonderhaar and Adam Wright? Probably not. Um, You know, I'll take the Lord and his church any day of the week. But let's start with the things that we do love, you know, the consolations we get, because I have teachings of the church that I can just not get enough of, just keep teaching me about him. I love him. But I want to know what's one of those for you? What's a teaching of the Catholic faith that anchors your life that you just can't get enough of? Well, this might sound cliche, but I think it's the Eucharist. But not necessarily in the sense of it being, you know, the source and summit, 
but in the sense that it's a piece of bread. Was. Well, yes, it starts as a piece of bread, then it becomes Christ. Yeah. But we look at it, and we, like that's, that's the creator of the universe. Have you seen some of the pictures that came out from the, the new uh, camera? James Webb. Yeah, the James yeah. Webb telescope they sent out in, in space. And you look at that and you go, God, God made that. And yet he's going to come down in a, what looks like a piece of bread. That humility, that anchors my life. Like that God can do that, so what is beneath me? Right, like there's there's no reason that I should ever shirk any duties or anything that's going to be like, oh well, I I'm not I'm I'm too good for that. No, nope. like God came down and made Himself manifest in a piece of bread. What are you doing? You know, yeah. That anchors my life, gives me perspective. All right, so if I ever hear you say I'm too good for that, yeah, I'm, then you're I'm calling slap, me, slap me across the face. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Well, um. Yeah, the Eucharist is incredible, which is which leads you to a real appreciation of adoration, right? So you know, once you're 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 forming yourself to that mystery, right? That miracle that occurs, you know, during Mass, um, then spending time in adoration just grows on you, right? Just grows on you. But Adam, I'm I'm going to go with officially intercessory prayer with the saints. There's just something about that that gives me continual growth, right? There's always another saint. So, you know, thank you, Gabe. So during the last um, Joseph Challenge, right? I, you know, I, that, you know, weekend really moved me. And it moved me to start really thinking about Joseph differently. I need to dig into this. I got my Joseph prayer book out, started just curiously, just reading them. I haven't put it down since, right? And so I just love that about our faith. All right. Now, Sam, this is like the million dollar question here because you've probably studied the core teachings of the church uh, more recently than any of us. Not that we, we don't keep going with our continuing ed, but I mean, you were you dove deep into the pool. So what's one of those core teachings of the church that you just fell in love with from the get go? One, I think it's the the indefectibility of the church and the, you know, the the prayer of faith where uh, I believe all the Catholic all the things that the Catholic Church teaches, um, and that the Church can neither deceive nor be deceived. So I can put my faith in the Church and the Church's teachings, knowing that the keys were given to the apostles, and if the Church has declared it, it is so. And that they're not going to teach me things that are not true. So no matter what question I have, I can go to the catechism, I can go to the church, and the answer is there. So every question that I could ever have about my theology or my you know, moral theology or anything, it has been decided and it is, you know, it's been taught. So like you said with all the saints, there's a tool in the toolbox for every situation that I could be going through. And the church has it all. So in Protestantism, there is no foundation. It's the Bible, but it's interpretations of the Bible, whereas we have a definitive teaching. And no matter where I am or what I'm doing, I can be sure that if I stay in the bosom of the church and do the things that the church says to do, make use of the tools that God has given me, I will see him when I die uh, and be happy. 
in his presence. Just have a show with Sam. I'm digging yeah. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that because uh, as somebody who used to work with the school kids and, uh, you know, the joke was I was the only adjunct lecturer in the Archdiocesan K-8 through system. Uh, I taught a class called liturgical music, which was all of the kids in the school practicing for all school mass. But we went through the songs in 20 minutes and I had them for 45. And I'm like, oh, let's learn about the liturgy. Let's learn about the mass. But always that precursor. Just in case I screw this up. Always default to what the church teaches, because there are going to be times that, again, don't put your stock in Adam Wright. I might make a mistake, and uh, it, you know the law of averages says it's only a matter of time before that happens. But go to the church, go to the catechism, go to the saints, go to holy tradition, go to the scriptures, because the answers are all right there. And uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, gentlemen, those three beautiful things, the Eucharist, Eucharistic adoration, prayer with the saints, and just the unchanging teachings, the the unchanging truth that is our God manifest in our faith. I think they're all wonderful things. We're going to take a break here. Uh, When we come out of the break, I'll be joined by Father Timothy Vaverek to wrap up our conversations on salvation. And then we'll have the panelists back. Uh, It won't be too long before we have the panelists back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. A prayer to redeem lost time by St. Teresa of Avila. Oh, my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. Well, all week long, we've been talking with Father Timothy Vaverek, a priest of the Diocese of Austin and author of the new book, As I Have Loved You, Rediscovering Our Salvation in Christ. And Father, for the first four days of this week, we've been talking about the philosophical. What is salvation? How do we rediscover salvation? How does marriage become such a great image for our relationship in the new covenant and every covenant? What is metanoia? What is conversion? What is purification? How does it happen? But Fridays here on the show, we love to get into the practical, especially. So this is the the simple question I have for you today. What are some concrete ways for all of us to share in Jesus' life in metanoia, starting today? Well, again, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus lays out the path of metanoia for us. Prayer, self-sacrifice, and works of mercy. All of those constitute metanoia what we today call penance, not simply the things that are difficult for us or penance. So these three aspects, ample opportunity our whole life has the possibility of doing those three, three things almost all the time. But concretely, it's very important to take time for prayer each day and for observing the Lord's day as a day for the celebration of mass, for family, not a day when possible, not a day for for work. Work understood as not things you do as a hobby, but simply another way of spending your time to fill up and get everything done so you can get a head start on the week. This is very important for us. If we, there's only so many hours in the day, there's so many days in the week. If we, first of all, take time for God each day and then on Sunday, 
that will force our entire schedule to be changed in order to be revolving around God. Similarly, we need to be giving alms. We need to support the life of the church and the needs of the poor. In the United States, we've often suggested considering 5% for the parish, 5% for the charities. But there is no tithe in the Christian faith. Jesus never set a particular number. What's important is that we set aside that money for the service of the church. This isn't giving God his due because God is due 100% of our time and 100% of our money. But by putting in the time for prayer and the Sabbath and the amount of money for almsgiving, that then forces our whole budget to be revolving around God. These two things would radically change our lives. From there, we can build out to find ways in which in our particular circumstances, we can undertake prayer for those who are in need. We can be making material and spiritual sacrifices for those who are in need. And we can be, in some ways, spending our time or energy to help those who are in need. All three elements then come into play. We're being prayerful. We are practicing self-sacrifice. That is, we're giving ourselves out of love for God in need. And then we're reaching out to those around us. And these three things will bring us day by day closer to Jesus. It's always amazing to me how these things can also be applied, as we were talking yesterday about the souls in purgatory that are going through that purification process, that I might do some almsgiving. And and as Father said, giving up a percentage of my income so that everything else in my budget revolves around what I'm giving back to God, which might mean I'm not getting the top shelf foods at the grocery store. I might be getting the bargain brand and saying, oh, I really wish I was eating that, but I could offer even that small sacrifice for a soul in purgatory. Or it it might just mean that I'm going to give up a meal one day a week and use the money that I could have spent on that meal to give to the poor, and that's going to help me grow in love for God, and I can offer that as a sacrifice that fasting is a sacrifice as well. And, and Father, I love that you started this with prayer because prayer is really the linchpin in all of this, that you know, it, it can help us with our fasting. It can help us make sense of our fasting. It can motivate us perhaps to be more generous with our almsgiving. And most importantly, it helps us grow in relationship with our Lord. I mean, this has really been a wonderful week with you. Father Timothy Vaverek is the author of As I Have Loved You, Rediscovering Our Salvation in Christ. It's available through the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. If you visit stpaulcenter.com, that's stpaulcenter.com. Father, I can't thank you enough for giving us the time this week. Could I ask you to close out our week together with a prayer or a blessing for our listeners? Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing that we may enter more deeply into Christ Jesus and by prayer, self-sacrifice, and works of mercy, share his life and share in his saving work for our benefit and the benefit of the whole human race. We ask that you would bring all things to good completion in your kingdom and the great wedding feast of the Lamb. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, again, thank you. And we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. A prayer for the bishop. Heavenly Father, in these trying times when the spirit of the age threatens Christian values, give our bishop holiness of life and wisdom to direct and guide our diocesan family so that we may grow in your love. 
We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Visit us today. And now back to this podcast. We do have a catechist question this morning, and, uh, you know, I was think we were talking about the saints, the intercession mm-hmm. of the saints, uh, Daniel, and uh, I, I wanted to ask, do you know, you work in medical sales, so this, this, you or Sam might know this, if anybody does, who are the patron saints of pharmacists, physicians, and surgeons? Now, I know you're going to want to say St. Luke for physicians, which is correct. I would grant that. But there's a pair of saints that their patronage is pharmacists, physicians, and surgeons. And that's your clue. There's a pair. They, they come, right. They're always mentioned together. Are, are, is it today's pair? No. Okay. I don't no. think so. What's to, oh, no. this is like super easy. All right. Well, if you go to mass ever, you, you're here. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Gabe Jones I'm, throwing it down. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm on the, I'm, if I go to mass ever, that's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, give me a little love, Gabe. Help me out here. Uh, their names begin with letters that are early in the alphabet. And, and, in order. and adjacent in the alphabet. Oh, wow. You guys are really putting the pressure on. <laughs> uh, I'm, oh, why, why is uh, Dapian coming to mind? I don't know. What, help me out here. Sam, you, you, you want to? Sam, how are we doing? Well, it's unfortunate because you, you just said if you go to Mass ever, uh, <laughs> and I'm still blanking on it. So Wow. Well, so you go to Mass in Latin, so it's okay. a little different for yeah. you. But the, the alphabet might be yeah. different. Cosmos and Damien. Cosmos and Damien, that okay. is correct. Okay, so I had one. A B C D. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. There you go. All right. <laughs> I know. I didn't know that, and uh, I was looking that up, and I was like, "Oh, really? That's that's interesting." And uh, I always wondered what they were the patrons of. But it also brings up the point because you know you you were about to say Saint Luke, and I stopped you, and I said Luke would be correct, but that's not who I'm after here. That you can have more than one patron, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they're intercessors for us. This mm-hmm. is I as I was prepping this question, I was reading an article that said they're not mediators. You know, they're not the mediator for physicians. They're intercessors, intercessors for physicians. Christ is the mediator. They're going to Christ and saying, hey, you know, I'm a physician. Can you help my brother physician out or my sister physician out here? And it's a beautiful thing. So Catholic faith, uh, Sam, before we went to Father Vaverick there, you were talking about the truth of the Catholic faith and how great it is. But um, one of the things that happens sometimes is we know things to be true because the church, our Lord through the church, tells us they are true. That doesn't always mean they're easy. Sometimes those teachings are hard, and yet we are asked to give that assent of faith to say, even though I don't understand this, even though I have questions about this, even though I may be unsure about this, I'm going to take my stock out of myself and I'm going to put it in our Lord And I'm going to say, Lord, I will obey and I will follow this teaching, whether I get it or not. Um, What's that mean to you? You know, especially as you've been coming into this, I'm sure you've had questions about some things throughout this whole process. Well, you know, I think it's for me, it's really easy um, because I don't think of myself as you know, when you stack your intelligence up against like the the people that we hear about sometimes, uh, I don't think I'm very high on that list. So, you know, when I always heard it was, you know, come to Jesus like a child, you know, the Bible is so simple that even a child can understand it. And although, 
those things are, you know, the first one's true. The second one, I would say it, it takes a lot more than uh, like a child's understanding. But um, I can I can be confident that if I don't understand it or if I don't like it, uh, just, you know, that's not, it's not really my problem. Like I don't have to. And if it's difficult to understand, then it's my responsibility to trust that it just is and that I'll either figure it out later or God doesn't want me or doesn't need me to figure it out. And, you know, I think about it in relation to my children where if I give them a, a command or a, a rule or, or tell them they can or can't do something or need to, it's not their responsibility to know how or why or for what cause. It's just their responsibility to listen. So um, I think that the obedience that we see or we expect or want from our children, that's what God wants from us. So when my daughter's, when I'm saying, hey, we're going on a trip, she's not concerned with the route, if we have snacks packed, if we have water or if we have gas, it's just, oh, we're going. And I think that's the beauty of the church where I can just kind of be a kid and like, oh, just go to mass and just like go to the sacraments and just go to confession when I need to. It's not, um, I think it takes a lot of the intellectual heaviness out of it. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So, so for me, whether I understand it or don't, thankfully, uh, I feel like I do understand a lot of it, but I don't have to. And it's not my responsibility uh, because it's, uh, if it's so, you know, God has made a way for even the, the, the simple to go to heaven. So whether someone can think or can't think, they still have the same opportunity that they have, that anybody has. So we just get to go with them. And, and I think it's, it's so freeing that I don't have to be responsible for my own theology. I don't have to be responsible for, you know, going to seminary so I can know how to get to heaven. It's just simply do what the church says to do. And, you know, we hear saints that went to mass or went, you know, received communion for their first communion and not until they died and they're saints. And the church has said that. So for me, it's just whether I want to believe it or whether I understand it, just back away from that and understand this is what the church has said. And if I want to talk about it, I surely should understand. And if not, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. I love that analogy you use because it makes me think of a time that we were taking our kids to Florida, but we weren't telling them. You know, it was, and, and we had to get up at four in the morning for a 6 a.m. flight. And it's like, we just need you to get up and get dressed. Trust us. We have something in store. Well, why do I have to get up now? Can't I get up later? No, you just have to get up now. Get in the van. Well, where are we going? Just stop asking questions. And then as soon as we pulled up to the airport and they saw the rest of the family there, they knew, oh, we're going to Florida today. And questions ended, you know. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. Just stop asking the questions mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's And it's good to say, Lord, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. It's mm-hmm. good to say, mm-hmm. Lord, I don't understand this. If it's your will, help me to understand it. But at the end of the day, like you said, whether we understand it or not, get in the van and go to the airport if you want to get to heaven. You know, that's that's the get way the to van. go. Yeah, is that in Scripture? No, it's, it's in the really to heaven. <laughs> okay, if, that's, if that's in Scripture, it's in Second Opinions chapter 8. Second Opinions chapter 8. The one about evangelism. 
evangelism. Okay. Right. Yeah. As long as the the apostles were of one accord. There you go. You know, ah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Is, we should stop. Keep, we keep going down. <laughs> yeah. But I want to add, Sam, you make me think of uh, Psalm 131, right? Which is, you know, your ways are too sublime for me. And I love reading that because it sort of lets me off the hook. It's true. They are too sublime for me. You know, I'm, I'm not that bright. Clearly, as the catechist questions have proven, <laughs> I'm not that bright. So, you know, to have this uh, amazing tradition to rest on, you know, um, that I can fully own, that's completely mine, then I'm all in. I'm, I'm good with that. And for me, you know, if you go back to what I said earlier about, you know, the, seeing the James Webb telescope images and, and going God created this. Do you think the mind that created that might be a little bit beyond just my comprehension? So yeah, I might have a problem with the teaching. And believe me, there are things I'm like, this seems weird. Why do I have to do this? Or why does this have to be the way it is? But you know what? Like at the end of the day, like he made the moon and the stars and the galaxies and the tiniest creatures in the world and all the things that we can't even, we, we don't even understand places, parts of the world we live in. Yeah, and yet we just need to trust, right? Just trust that he has it figured out. I was going to go to a break, but I really want to get to our last question here today. So we're we're going to skip a song and get into this because one of the uh, things that we are called to do, we and Gabe, you started us off with this. Why do we love being Catholic? Our Lord's presence in the the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and that He would humble Himself to come in the appearance of bread and wine. He who made the heavens and the earth. And um, we talk about our joy of receiving our Lord in Holy Communion, but the flip side of that is sometimes we are called to refrain from receiving him in Holy Communion if we are not properly disposed. And for you, it could be any number of things. For me, it's any number of things sometimes. Sometimes it is. I commit a mortal sin, and I haven't had a chance to get to confession, or I've been obstinate in choosing not to go to confession, so I should not present myself to receive Holy Communion. Um, Other times, it's just oh, shoot, I forgot we were going to 8 o'clock Mass this morning instead of 10.30, and I just ate you know, breakfast, and I'm, I broke the communion fast. I won't be able to go to Holy Communion today. There, there are reasons we withhold. And some folks say, well, wouldn't our Lord want you to receive? And I, I say he does, but we should be properly disposed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the beauty of that, is that when we withhold from receiving our Lord in Holy Communion, it creates a longing. I don't know about you. It creates a longing in my heart to get back into right relationship because abstaining from such an intimate union with him makes me realize the relationship's broken and I, and it's my fault and I want to get back into it. And I'm just curious, gentlemen, your thoughts, um, what effect does that have on you? The times that you've had to abstain from receiving Holy communion. I, I would echo what you just said that, that, that longing is created and sometimes I will be properly disposed, having fasted, being in a state of grace, as far as I know, having gone to confession recently, and I'll still abstain just because I want, again, not like out of a sense of pride or anything, but just um, I want to make sure that I can, you know, fully get to that point maybe the next time I'm going to Mass, right? Like that there's a little bit more longing because sometimes it does become too rote. I just go up for communion just like everybody else, and I see. And, and so I think sometimes abstaining in the proper way, proper context, even if you're sort of materially properly disposed, is good spiritually because it, it breaks you of that routine of just, I'm just going to get up and get in line with everybody else. Well, I think that uh, 
this is can be very difficult. Uh, it is an opportunity to lead as well. So um, if you're abstaining um, from receiving the Eucharist and your family is not, um, I, you know, I had one incidence where um, that was the case for me. And of course, on the way home, my daughter wanted to know, why didn't you go to communion? And we had a discussion about being in a state of grace, you know, that you need to be in a state of grace. And I didn't present myself today. That was not a comfortable discussion to have. Um, so there's an opportunity for leadership in it. Um, and, and since we're always going to the practical on the roadmap roundup, I would say too, um, I have um, gone up to um, you know the Eucharistic minister, and if you're not in a state of grace, um, I will just pray an act of contrition on my way there, and then I will not receive. Yeah. Right? I'll just bow before our Lord, recognize His presence, say I'm sorry, and then go back to my pew. And it's just another way. So if you're if, if staying in your pew and, and your daughter's going to ask you that uncomfortable question and you're not quite ready for that, that's okay, right? There's, there's other things and other ways that you can do. Uh, but this is a really, really critical thing. It's, you know, one of the, the graces that's come out in the past few years is we turned our attention back to a beautiful prayer, the act of spiritual communion, which says, mm-hmm. my Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally. Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. And I think in that prayer, especially if we're not in a state of grace, asking for the Lord to come be with us, he's still going to pour out that actual grace if we ask him to to move us to go back to the sacrament of confession and restore that relationship. When, and that's what, what I was going to bring up because, you know, coming from Protestantism, I went to Mass almost every day for, you know, six, seven, eight months as I was going through RCIA. And, and that's what I prayed. And, you know, they tell you, they tell us that just being at mass confers grace. So, you know, that's kind of what I take out of it is, you know, if you're not able to go today on Sunday, because you're not in a state of grace, go tomorrow, Monday. You know, there's the beauty of the church is that there's mass every minute of every day in most, you know, in St. Louis at least. Um, And we get to make that act of spiritual communion. If you can't receive today on Sunday, go Monday morning and uh, go to confession and then receive on Monday morning. But still go on Sunday. You still have the obligation Mm -hmm. to go on Sunday. Real quick, Gabe. And I was just going to say it's worth mentioning that your obligation is to go to Mass on Sunday. Your obligation is not to go to communion except for once a year during Easter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the the gift is that we are able to go to Holy receive Holy Communion. Let's uh, go get one more check of the weather here, and then Patty Schneier is going to have the daily dose of encouragement for us, and we'll wrap up the roundup. Here we go. We are wrapping up this week of the daily dose of encouragement, where we have been talking about the Blessed Mother under her title, Our Lady of Sorrows. And Patty, on this Friday, I think it's especially appropriate as we pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary on Fridays to wrap up on this topic. Yes, well, we've been talking about Our Lady of Sorrows, again, it was prophesied to her from Simeon that a sword too shall pierce your heart. And it did. I mean, any mother knows how your heart is just pierced when a child of yours is suffering, when you cannot fix it, when you cannot change the outcome. And so that's how we know how much, just from our own human level, of how much Mary 
must have suffered when she watched our Lord suffer. But another thing that this feast day teaches us is that all of us too, our heart will be pierced at some time. Because if we love someone, we will suffer. We will ache when our loved ones ache and we will mourn when we have to say goodbye to that person when death enters into the equation. No one escapes suffering in this world, not even the mother of God, right? No one escapes suffering. Jesus himself was God. He did not escape suffering. So we have to imitate Our Lady. And that's the goal, of course, is to imitate Our Lady. So on the worst, think about this, on the worst day of her life, what did she do? She actually held on to Jesus when they took his body down off of that cross and she held him. And then she had to open her hand to God's will and still believe. That's what we're called to do. In the grief and sufferings of this life, we have a God who'd entered right into the worst of human pain for us and he redeemed it. But we also have a mother who will never, ever, ever leave us. So if you're suffering right now, I want you to just picture Mary standing at the foot of your cross and know that you are not alone. And the hope is that this valley of tears was not Mary's final destiny and nor is it ours. It is never the final word. So everything about Mary is the fulfillment of our journey too. We will one day be in heaven, spotless, pure, with Jesus. That's the goal, that's the destiny. And so I think that's what this feast day teaches us. Yes, we all will have suffering in this life, but look up, look up and know that it wasn't Mary's final destiny and it isn't ours either. Always, always hope. There's always hope. I've always looked at the Blessed Mother accompanying our Lord on his way of the cross and thought, as a parent, would I have the strength, the courage, the grace to do that? And I rejoice that our Lord gave us the Blessed Mother as our mother too, so that when we are in those darkest moments of our life, she's right there with us. Patty, this has been a beautiful week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and I want to thank you. Well, we are towards the end of the show here. We're in the, you know, the fastest 60 minutes are going especially fast today, Gabe Jones. Fastest yes, 60 are. minutes in all of Christendom. Uh, we want to wrap up just with something kind of trivial and uh, fun because we're Catholic and, and we like we love being Catholic. Favorite Catholic vocabulary words that are just fun to say. So Obscure Catholic words. <laughs> Uh, Camerlingo, am I saying that right? Yes, the Camerlingo of the Holy Roman Church, the office of the papal household that administers property and revenues of the Holy See. Dan Vonderhaar. I'm going to go with calumny. Calumny? Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Sam? We were so busy joking about all the other ones that I couldn't even... (laughs) Couldn't even uh, think of one. I'll throw one your way. Hypostatic union. There you I go. love hypostatic union. The uh, for those of the, the I, I, Dan. You, I, I want I want to go back to Epiclesis. Exactly. <laughs> I just I really want to go back there. Another failed cataclysm <laughs> moment for me. Your 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 humility is the shining example for all of our listeners, Dan. Uh, hypostatic union: the mysterious joining of the divine and human natures in the divine person of Jesus. It's a beautiful thing that he took on a human nature. And a divine nature and his divine person. Hypostatic union. Remember that next time you're playing Scrabble with a bunch of Catholics. There you Isn't go. It two words, though? Hypostatic union? Well, hypostatic's one, so, you know. And that's that's got some obscure letters in it, so that's going to be a high-point Scrabble word yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> Next week, we are not going to have the show for you, but don't don't fear. We're going to have a lot of fun in the 7 o'clock hour. It is our Fall Radiothon here on Covenant Network. And I would just say um, uh, we are very grateful for the prayerful, prayerful, uh, what's the word? I, uh, that you're with us in spirit, that, that you are part of the Covenant Network family. This is about so much more than uh, 
appeals. This is about the fact that you are part of our spiritual family, that you pray with us, that you listen with us. And I'm just so grateful that you're here with us each and every day in this seven o'clock hour. It's it's literally the best part of my work day is being with you. And we want to celebrate that. It's our 25th anniversary year. So tune in next week. We're going to have guests from just like you, listeners just like you coming in and sharing their stories just like Sam did today. Uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to play some games. The Wheel of Fun is all rigged and ready to go. We're going to have some laughs and probably ask some more questions of Dan Vonderhaar about words that he may or may not know. Um, But it'll be a good time to tune in for that. And then the week after is really exciting. If you could start praying for us, um, I'm going to be heading down to Phoenix for the Catholic Radio Conference. And I'm first time going. I'm really excited about that. But it does mean I'm going to be away from my family for a few days. So if I could ask for your prayers, because it is it is hard for any spouse to be home solo for a few days with the kids. So pray for me for safe travels, but more so, please pray for my wife uh, that her sanity, right? Yes. And uh, last but not least, she'll be listening to the podcast later on today. I want to wish a very happy early birthday to my daughter, Rebecca, who celebrates on Sunday. But I told her I'd mention it on the air. And as I know she's already at school, um, I'll play it, play it for you on the podcast later. I love you, and I'm so happy that we get to celebrate your birthday. So... Let's celebrate today, gentlemen, by making an act of thanksgiving and offering glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of all saints. Pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray Pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I also want to thank Father Timothy Vaverek for being with us all week, Patty Schneier for the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Mike Roberts for the weather and the saint of the day. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Gabe Jones. Sam Ashlock. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't forget to pray your rosary today.